I'm Roger Jackson, host of the Arise Podcast. Today I sit down with Jacob Prallo, pastor of Connections and Church Planning at Rooftop Church, and we will talk about five different types or models of church plans. Hi guys, welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Today's episode will be about five types of church plans. We will briefly talk about them and kind of their pros and cons, purposes, any um, experiences that we've had with them. Uh, so I'm sitting with Jacob Prallo. How you doing, Jacob? All right, Roger. I'm excited to get into the weeds on church planting today. Yes, yes. So we're going to go over these five church plants real quick. Um, in no particular order or anything. But uh, so number five is the parachute plant. So I would, I mean, it pretty much comes off like it, it is the title of it. I would imagine I'm getting on a plane and going, I don't know the amount of feet you have to get up there before you start to parachute. But whatever that is, I picture just jumping out of a plane, which for the record, I would never do. And wherever I land, that's where I started church. So it seems like it's a very, you know, you take your family, you kind of uh, go somewhere, you plant a church, you don't really have a lot of capital, you don't really have a lot of uh, physical support. Um, so it's kind of just, uh, you know, there you go, enjoy, good luck. So um, something I'm not too familiar with, but in my head I would feel like, I mean, I, I've heard... And I've read, you know, it's very important that you know that that you have this call to plant a church. And, of course, any type of church plan you're doing, you would need that. But, I mean, I've, I've heard it's very important for your spouse to have that same call to the uh, to a church plant. Because, you know, it, it's not easy. It's, it's a lot of work. So I would imagine that this would be, uh, again, I don't want to say on another level, but, like, it, you know, it's a scary thing. It's almost like a church plant, like a, like a missionary type church plant. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is oftentimes talked about as kind of quintessential quintessential church planting, right? Uh, this is the hey, you've got a vision for a company and you're going to start it in your garage and you're going to move to Silicon Valley and you're going to make your business a reality, right? It's this is church planting in that model. Okay. You're okay. going to have a vision for a city or a, a, a church, a specific type of church plant somewhere. You're going to go there and you're going to do this thing. And at, one of my friends is, is actually did this. He uh, was uh, living in a different part of the country and he felt called to go to, go to uh, Tampa, Florida. Right. And so he had a business in another part of the country. He sold his business. He moved to Tampa didn't know anybody there, kind of set up shop, started meeting with people, started vision casting for, for a church, uh, and and just a couple years later, hit the ground running with this church. But he had no, when he showed up in Tampa, he had no financial backing. He didn't have any existing connections. He didn't have a job. His wife didn't have a job, right? They literally parachuted in to Tampa and started this church. Yeah. This is parachute planting. So, like you said, this requires a ton of faith. It requires a ton of familial support. Very often, it requires uh, a pastor being willing to be bivocational for a time or to have some sort of startup capital from something they've done previously. Uh, it takes a lot of support from your family. Uh, and it really, quite honestly, takes a pioneering spirit, being willing to go where no one has gone before, being willing to kind of go out by yourself and establish uh, maybe the first thing or maybe the first thing uh, that looks like your church plant in that area. Uh, and it's tough. It's tough. This is uh, kind of the entrepreneurial spirit with church planting. Um, many great churches, uh, some amazing churches have been planted with, with the parachute model. 
but it's tough. It's really hard, and it has a really high rate of failure, uh, as you as you might imagine. Yeah, yeah, that seems. Yeah, like I said, I I like to think of you know God called me to that. I I just you know buckle down and, and get it done. But it does seem a little intimidating to to do that approach. Yeah. Uh, so number four, mother daughter plant, which uh, I would say is what the arise church plant is going to look like is looking like, um, it is a, it is an existing church that supplies leadership and resources. Usually they, uh, you know, see out somebody, get somebody and they kind of are bought in to the values, et cetera, stuff like that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're putting up some of that capital. Usually, you know, obviously they're giving you that physical support as a church and, you know, giving you usually, you know, people from that church to kind of help you start off and, and get, you know, the wheels turning. So, you know, that seems like a, um, something that is a little bit, I don't want to say safer, but like it, it, it has its, you know, difficulty, difficulties too. So I was curious as you being in this position, Jacob, you know, like kind of how, how does it, how is it helpful and how can it, you know, be challenging in, in that same sense? Yeah. So, there are all church planting is difficult, right? And you you just said this, Roger. It's all hard. Uh, it's just how hard do you want to make it, right? The mother daughter plant model uh, helps with some of the practicalities of things, right? If you're a parachute planter, you don't have any financial backing. If you're a mother daughter plant, there's some level of financial stability, right? You're able to go in and say, hey, we actually have this amount of money that we can spend on X, Y, or Z, as opposed to, well, we're going to have whatever money we fundraise in the next couple of weeks to go do X, Y, Z, right? So there's a, there's a, you can plan a little bit more. Uh, you can be a little more specific with your vision casting. Uh, sometimes uh, this lets you take a lot of people with you. Uh, so there's a lot of value to that. Mother-daughter church planting is... Uh, not opposed to the, hey, you got to have faith in God, we're going to a new area sort of model that parachute church planting is, uh, but it does take a little bit more of a measured, a little bit more a kind of fiscally conservative approach to things uh, where you're uh, not just striking out on your own. So for our story, uh, very much it, Haley and I, as we were thinking and praying about church planting years ago, we were thinking about more or less the parachute model where we weren't going to have any backing except for the kind of the, the people who we assembled around us. We were going to go start this church somewhere. We I talked about starting it in our living room for a couple of weeks, and Haley put the kibosh on that uh, very wisely. Uh, but it's a totally different mindset than the mother-daughter uh, model where – Right, we've come to Rooftop. We've been at Rooftop over a year now. Uh, we've got a lot of generosity here at Rooftop, a lot of support, both in terms of people and resources and uh, money and things like that. And so, uh, you know, the goal of church planting is to plant a new church so that people who don't know Jesus can come to meet Jesus. And uh, the parachute plant model does that well in some places, but the mother daughter plant model does that well in some places too. And especially does well in places where there are already existing churches, right? Uh, if if there's if you're the only hot dog stand in town, your hot dogs don't have to be very good. This is an Andy Stanley uh, story he tells, right? And so if you're the first church in somewhere, cool. 
You can be the parachute plant and you can just show up and you can hit the ground running and people are going to come to you because your hot dogs don't have to be that good because you're the only one selling hot dogs. But if you're in a context where there are lots of other hot dog stands, uh, like St. Louis, for example, having a little bit more support, having a, a little bit more time and energy and money to make sure you're making good hot dogs so that you can still get people to come support you is important too. Uh, and so, again, pluses, minuses, really depends on the, the aptitude of the planter, whether the parachute or the mother-daughter plant is, is the way to go, but both great options for uh, different contexts. For sure. Uh, so number three, the multi-site plant. Uh, now, I guess for St. Louis area, what do we have? Faith Church, uh, Journey. The Journey is the big one here. Uh, yeah. The Crossing, the Crossing has... The Crossing is multi-site, yep. So, you know, it's it's pretty much the the um the thought that, you know, what we're doing here is working, it's it's successful, it's uh you know, bearing good fruit. You know, we like where we're how we're reaching this community, but we want to reach more of the community in the you know, in the area. So in the St. Louis area, so they wanna have different churches, you know, in South County or you know, mid county, wherever it is, but they, they like what they're doing and they think it's gonna work wherever you do it so they just want to have that same recipe but just in different places around the the big area yeah and there are actually multiple kinds of multi-site church multi-site is relatively new it's this kind of growing phenomenon it's this it's this thing that i was reading a commentator earlier this week has multi-site church uh, uh peaked right are we going to start seeing the decline of this nobody knows this is new we're still we're still we're still really figuring this out uh, but basically, it's the idea that you're going to have one congregation, uh, kind of, or one church rather, spread throughout multiple congregations, usually in different buildings, sometimes in the same building. Haley and I attended a church once where uh, there were kind of two different worship centers in the same building. Uh, someone would preach live in one, and then it'd be video venued over to the other, but there'd be a live band in both, right? Like, so that's technically multi-site. But then there's also this thing, uh, Life Church does this. Uh, does a really good job with this. You have your own little site, and it can be spread throughout multiple states even, and then you kind of get the same live preaching via video event, uh, video broadcast, right? That's a multi-site plan. Uh, depending on how you, how you divide this, Hillsong is actually multi-site too. Now, Hillsong doesn't do the video venue thing, but Hillsong has churches in Toronto and London and New York and Sydney and all over the place, and they're all Hillsong, uh, and they all follow some sort of common governance practice, yeah. uh, but they're all different church-wise. So multi-site, again, this new thing uh, on the on the positive side, it's, hey, this, this is our approach here is working. And we want to start a new church as quickly as possible and get that church going as quickly as possible so we can reach more people for Jesus, right? Multi-site does not take as much kind of groundwork right? You don't need to go hire a bunch more staff. You've already got your core staff in place. You don't need to go through the legal process of writing more bylaws. You've already got your bylaws in place. You're keeping the same banking accounts, right? There's a lot of logistics that uh, go into churches that multi-sites just kind of avoid. You don't have to do all that stuff. You've already done all that stuff. Uh, so that's one of the, the real pros of multi-sites. One of the cons of multi-site is it really lends itself to what Sky Jatani calls church ink, right? Uh, multi-sites very oftentimes become 
uh, church corporate. They can feel very sterile. They can be very different. It can be hard for people to connect to someone that they only see on a screen. For sure. Uh, When you've got a church that has millions and millions of dollars uh, and can just go kind of uh, drop a church plant into a neighborhood without doing maybe some of the more organic or community-based things that uh, a church and a neighborhood might otherwise do, it it can feel very kind of out of town, very sterile. Uh, and so, again, pros and cons to the multi-site approach to church planting. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting to me, too, because, you know, you have what you think or, you know, like what, what you prefer. is It's kind of almost hard to, like, because you say, you know, the cons to it or, or what could be the cons. It's funny because, you know, my mom, she goes to the crossing and, um, you know, she loves it, obviously. You know, yeah. and it, it's just funny how, like. Everything does have its place. Like, you know, it can work for other people that might just not work for you. Right, right. I've been to plenty of multi-site churches. I've really enjoyed some. I haven't enjoyed others. I mean, again, I think it just really depends on who you are, who the church is, how things are being done, uh, and, and quite honestly, kind of what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a, a professionally done church that has really good sermons, maybe a multi-site is a place for you where you can get kind of the big church feel without actually being part of a big church, right? I mean, there are a lot of a lot of ways to uh, to cut the pie here. Yeah. Um, number two, a relaunch or a restart plant. Um, I guess thinking about it now, I guess that could kind of be a multi-site. I guess depending on what what you're looking at or how you're looking at it, if you're the church. So let me get into it. Uh, it's usually either a struggling church. They are either uh, trying to rebrand their their church and, you know, kind of starting over in a sense, or they uh, create a partnership with another church and they kind of come in and try to revive a, a, a struggling church as it is. So, I mean, I guess depending on what it is, if you're doing the partnership, I guess it could be a, a multi-church right. that's trying to, you know. Cause, or more of a mother-daughter plan. Right? Yeah. That's an option too. Yeah. And I know uh, – you know, for me, well, and for you too, you know, we were at uh, The Rock and they, um, that was usually their way of doing it. They would, uh, you know, get to struggling churches and kind of partner with them and, you know, uh, but put it, you know, as their church. So it was like a multi-site, but, you know, they were also doing restart kind of plans. Right. So, um, so as you're saying here, you can do this in a couple of different ways. You can uh, replant uh, with multiple existing churches or there are some places that do this. They will bring in a pastor and, you know, you'll have, you know, um, First Baptist Church of Jonesville. And they'll come in and be like, no, no, we're not going to be First Baptist Church of Jonesville anymore. We're going to be The Vine, right? Like, and you can rebrand uh, yeah. that way. Too. So that's a different, that's another way of, of replanting. But kind of the, the ups and downs of this is uh, one of the pros of kind of the replant or relaunch model is you start with an existing community, Right. You've already got some infrastructure in place. You've already got people. Very oftentimes, you already have a building. Yeah, you already have financial say, yeah. backing. Right? That's that's great. You're you're starting with a lot of the things that you need to have a successful church. The con to a relaunch and a replant is you're very oftentimes trying to do things fundamentally differently than the church that was there previously was doing. That's why you're relaunching. Well. Relaunching really was something that was popular 
between about five, ten years ago. There are some organizations and people who think relaunching uh, or replanting churches is still a great thing to do. I, I personally, I'm not sure it's a great thing to do uh, because of our experience, Roger, because yeah. of a lot of the experiences, not just in St. Louis, but throughout the country, relaunching is really, really, really hard. Yeah. Because you're taking a group of people who have done church one way and you're expecting them to change, maybe not overnight, but in a matter of weeks or months or, if you're really lucky, years. And statistically, that's just really, really hard to do. You're gonna, you lose so many of the people you start with. There's really a baton handoff that needs to happen between the the kind of the old guard of the church and then hopefully the new people you're bringing in. Um, and most times, most of the time, uh, there are a lot of studies on this now, that baton handoff just does not go super well. So uh, to me, as, as terrifying as parachute planting sounds, uh, relaunching actually sounds harder to me. It, uh, I would much rather, and this is going to sound terrible, but I would actually much rather shutter a church for three months close it, shut it down, and then restart it as something completely new yeah. several months later um, than I would try to try to pull off the, the relaunch thing. But again, there are churches that do this well. There are people out there who, who have had really uh, good success with this. Uh, mainline churches tend to be the best at this. People who have a lot of den- denominational support. Uh, there's a church here in St. Louis. It used to be St. John's Lutheran. They just did this uh, relatively recently. Big old mega church, uh, Lutheran mega church. They just rebranded. They just did this. They they relaunched, and uh, they seem to be doing fairly well right now, uh, coming out of this. So it, it can be done. Uh, it just requires uh, a, a kind of a, a different sort of organizational thinking than most of the other church planting models we've looked at so far. Yeah, and I can definitely see that because, because like you said, uh, uh, being familiar with that, um, you know, my wife she uh, actually led worship at two church plants, replants that we did when we were at um, our previous church. And like you said, it is kind of hard because especially depending on the group of people you have going into it, you've known them for a long time and then you're trying to, you know, go into a church where they've known each other for a long time. So like you said, that that passing of the guard or that baton, like it, it is really hard to kind of, you know, usher what you're trying to do because it's like you guys have what you're used to and they have what they're used to. So I, I can't see that being, you know, Looking at it that way, that could be a heck of a challenge. Yeah. Um, and number one, the church split. Obviously, this is probably the one you don't want to do. Right. Um, you, you know, I, I would think. But uh, it is, uh, you know, when a church divides um, and they, whatever it is, you know, half the church splits and they want to, you know, they want to start their own church. But, you know, obviously the uh, the, the kind of this is, Usually that's happening because you've had a conflict that you can't resolve, and that's a that's not a good reason to uh, uh, start a church. Because that was the other thing. Uh, reading things, I, I think it was reading launch, um, the launch book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's I think what is it like unemployment, uh, angry at your, like it was like 
you know, a list of things like reasons why you shouldn't, you know, plan a church. Like right. if, if it's like, oh, you know, I lost my job right. or, I church. yeah, no, you know, no, or, no. you know, something happened that, you know, you had a conflict at church. Oh, so I should just go plan a church or whatever. You know, there, there's like certain things like I those can do huge, this much better yeah, than the guys I'm doing it with right now. Exactly. So there, there's those things that usually is a bad sign off the bat. Yeah. And again, right. This is the thing we want to avoid. And uh, statistically, this church splits are actually uh, decreasing. Uh, l- people are becoming less denominational in their form of Christianity. Um, and so fortunately, kind of on the local church level, church splits are decreasing. Now, for those of you following kind of the national picture, you know that there are some pretty significant denominations that are threatening to split uh, because of a variety of social issues. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, hey, here is you know, First Methodist Church, and uh, half the group says, hey, we don't like you, and the other gra- half of the group says, that's okay, you can leave, and they become two different churches. That's the sort of thing we're actually seeing reduced, uh, because people just leave, right? Most people go and they start another church, like we're talking about here, or they go to the, the other church up the street. Um, but yeah, ch- church splits are an unfortunate reality of the history of Christianity, I remember as a young child asking my dad, Dad, why is there a fourth Baptist church uh, in in the city we we were living in? He said, well, it's because they didn't get along with the third Baptist church. I said, so why was there a third Baptist church? Well, because they didn't get along with the second Baptist church. And so on up the line, right? That's unfortunately a part of the history of Christianity in our country um, where we, rather than trying to resolve differences, we split. Now, are there irresolvable differences that Christians have? Of course, of course, right? Uh, but there are there are healthy ways to go about uh, moving through those things. And again, here at Rooftop and in the future to rise, uh, we're we're very big on this approach to big tent Christianity, mere Christianity, where we focus on the essentials and we leave uh, other things, uh, other important things, right? Things that it's important to have thoughts on and think about and, and beliefs on, uh, but we leave those non-essentials kind of open for debate and discussion. Uh, we recognize, hey, it's not worth us dividing from one another. It's not worth us splitting from one another over differences in eschatology, right? Uh, what you think about the end of the world is important, uh, but it's not important enough to stop us from loving one another and following Jesus as one church. Yeah, and and having that constant channel of of conversation that, you know, it's not just, you know, being like, we're just going to leave that up to, you know, opinion and what you're thinking, but we still go back to it, we still talk about it, we still revisit things and, you know, see where God is is leading us, so, yeah. Um, So there you guys have it, five church plants that, uh, you know, we kind of just went over, kind of. You know, experiences that we've had and things that uh, we like are, you know, are challenging or, are, you know, just kind of how, how they work. So, uh, Jacob, thanks for coming out, talking to me like, like usual. Appreciate it, Roger. Thank you. Um, if you guys want to follow us on social media, we're at at Arise Church STL. We're on that on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, also, the podcast, the Arise podcast will, is on Spotify and on Apple. So just want to thank you guys for listening to the Arise podcast. Have a good one.